Father, I pray that that is indeed the prayer of our hearts. That we have come to be changed. We've come to sit under the ministry of the Word. That the Holy Spirit will do for us what only He can do. Father, our desire and our passion is to know You. To be conformed to the image of our dear Savior. Father, we're not going to cover anything today that we haven't heard before, most of us. That's not the issue. The issue is obedience. The issue is moving from concept to concrete. From intellectual to living out in us. Father, I pray for that work of your Spirit today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Hold your place there. We'll be there eventually. And um, I do want you to hold that place and turn to James chapter 1, if you would. Just fold that over. I've entitled this today, Preferring Abstract to Reality. Or... Preferring symbolic to real life. Or preferring intellectual to living truth. If you look at chapter 3 of Colossians, hold again, hold your place there in, in James, but if you look in chapter 3, we end in verse 17 where we, where we were that whatever you do indeed... Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to Him and the Father through Him. And even, even all the way back up to verse 10 of putting on this new self, putting on verse 12, putting on as God's chosen ones, this love and beloved, uh, a, a, a compassionate heart, and kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Even the bearing and the forgiving one another. And then, of course, you, you, you cinch it all together with verse 14, that it's cinched all together with love. And then... The peace of God rules, and the word of Christ dwells, and I live for the glory of God. I think as we look at this, we would issue, our, 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 our problem may be, is we wish that chapter 3 ended with verse 17 and picked up with chapter 4 verse 2. Because the scripture in this text has gone from med to meddling. Right? It's, it's easy to talk about these concepts in the air. Love, kindness, patience, humility, cinching it all together with this mystic love that we want to talk about. Even, even the part of, of bearing and forgiving one another. It's still a, it can be a mystical thing. Yeah, I, get, I forgive people. Yeah, that's the way I live. I, I bear with people all the time. And your family goes, who? Bears with who? What? Right? So I'm sure in some ways in this text we wish it stopped at verse 17. As long as the truth of Scripture remains, and I say it this way, in the clouds and not on the earth, we escape much of the conviction and even repentance. Because there's no threat to me in verses 12 and 13 as long as these truths remain in the air. 
Love is a feeling, compassionate heart, kindness, meekness, patience, and I said even forbearing and forgiving can be, can be this mystical truth. Well, that's great. I mean, I'd love to live in a place where we love everybody all the time. And you know, that, that's, that's the way we talk about it. And that's not how the Lord wants us to address it. The minute the writer turns to action from attitude, we find all sorts of for excuses for not obeying the truth of the text. We find ways to justify ourselves and live in the sweet by and by and fail to put our feet down in the nasty now and now, Dr. Bob Sr. used to say. I've asked you to hold your place in James 1. James addresses this beginning in verse 19, doesn't he? Know this, my beloved brothers, of every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. To anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Be, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. And look at the only person you're deceiving, yourself. Right? For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like the man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what, he's, what he was like. You stand there in the morning, your hair looks like somebody stuck it in a wall socket. It's everywhere and you look at it and you go, yep, that needs to be combed. And we turn and walk out the door and we wonder, why is everybody looking at me like I'm strange? That's why. Right? But we forget, don't we? Verse 25 again, for the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. Wow. Not just here. There's going to be an, an, an academic confirmation today of what we're going to look at. You're going to say, yep, that's what it says. That's not what I'm after. It's not what the Lord's after. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Missions, as an example. Missions is a great idea, isn't it? Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. We go with His authority and His power. And, do that. and that's a great calling upon somebody else's life. It's a great idea as long as someone else is going or giving. I get to bask in the reports of, of God's work, knowing that the burden of missions is different from the business of missions. We pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers in His harvest. Remember the text? You send forth laborers in the harvest as long as it's not me and not my kids.
but I'm with you. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to you. And I sit with you. I've been, I've been beat up all week with this. In our text, it's talking about our responsibilities at home. And this putting on that he's talked about, this compassionate heart and kindness and meekness and all these things and bearing, forgiving one another, where the, where the peace of Christ is, is ruling, it's umpiring in my life, the word of Christ is dwelling in me richly, it's residing, it's, it's just bubbling over in me, my passion is to do God's will, it's where is it going to show up? It's what's to do. be the husband to Melody that God has called me to be. Sometimes it's taught more than it's caught. It's easier said than done. It's either easier to tell her I love her than to demonstrate that love. To live it out. I have to tell you what happened this week. We were going to Greenville on Valentine's Day. They have a Bible conference every year, and we were using it for twofold. I, I wanted to go to the Bible conference about missions. That's not the main reason. Okay, I wanted to see Ashley. She wanted to see us. We took her off, and she was able to stay with us. I was able to, by the way, see Akron Global as well as Sermon Audio. They had some great ideas for us, but. Tuesday, UPS man, I get a notice. UPS has got a package. Well, that's not unusual at my house. We keep a running tab of, of, of Amazon. It's too easy, isn't it? Notice that you use Amazon. It's too easy. Click and it's there, okay? And it said Costco. What's Costco delivering to my house? In fact, there's two of them. So I go to Costco, the Costco app, and I go in there. I remember back in January looking at buying Melody flowers. I have no recall of ordering <laughs> six dozen roses. I'm glad God looks after stupid people. <laughs> and I don't mean six dozen. I gave three dozen to my sister, my sister-in-law, daughter-in-law. And she thinks, oh, that's great, man. You Thanks for thinking of me. <laughs> I thought of you when they came. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I remember looking at them, but I don't remember. I'm, I'm thankful. Now I'm thankful. <laughs> she, oh, this is so sweet. I'll take it. <laughs> but we do, we think about a lot of things about doing for the ones that we love the most and a lot of times our actions fall far short of living it out. Listen, the world is tearing the family apart, isn't it? 
LGBTQ and whatever other acronyms they want to put at the end of that to feminism even to extreme masculinity but I believe the greatest threat to our families is not in the world as easy it is to blame it and it bears blame but our own disobedience to the truth of the word If I'm not careful, the greatest threat to my family is me. Many, many of preacher's kids have grown up in preacher's homes and forsaken the truth because what dad preached and what dad lived was two totally different things. My disobedience and love for self and those who love the Lord that He's entrusted to me. And love is, is the governing thing, isn't it? Turn back with me to the book of John. John chapter 14. Jesus touches this issue in John 14. John 14. John 14. Look at verse 15. If you love me, you'll do what? Keep my commandments. Verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. But first part, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, that's the person who loves me. Verse 23, Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, he says. Hmm. Or if you want to go with me there to Matthew chapter 15, or just listen as I read Matthew chapter 15, and verse... Verse 8, Jesus says, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Or Luke chapter 6. Luke 6 verse 46 where Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? This is the problem. Back to our, our text. My revealing of these, these putting on of, of, of a compassionate heart and love and kindness and meekness and obedience and bearing and forgiving and putting it all on love is, is found not in, in affirming that but living it out. Stop calling him Lord when you stop doing what he tells you to do. When you start, right? I, I want to back out of this text a little bit today. I want to step back and look in general at the previous text and, and ask this question, what is this, whatever this is to be lived out? What, what is this that I'm to live out? What is it? 
And Paul, in a number of places and other writers that we've already looked at, have given us this idea of what it means to go from intellectual or to go from hearing to doing. What is that? What does it look like? What, what does this putting on this peace of God, this, this word of Christ, this doing everything for the glory of Christ, what does it look like? Is it just words? Is it just, just pointing to Scripture? Or does it change the very way that we live? So go with me to Ephesians chapter 5, just a moment. Ephesians 5. I, I want to... I want to look at a few things here. Ephesians 5. Look at verse, verse 2. Ephesians 5, verse 2. Well, I'll start verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as His beloved children. Imitate Him. That's, that's a doer. That's a picture of a kid that's walking in his dad's footsteps. Wants the step. Can't, can't quite make the next step, but he's, he's walking with. That's the, that's the image. It'd be imitators of God. How? And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. There it is. Look at verse 8. That is one time we were in darkness. We were darkness. We contribute to the darkness. We're not in darkness. We contribute to the darkness. We say, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So we got walk in love in verse 2. We've got walk as children of light in verse 8. Look at verse 9. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and true and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So, okay, so now we've gone from, from just imitating God to listening to God that now we're, we're walking like Him. We're, we're doing it. Verse 15. Look carefully. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Look carefully then on how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are, e are evil. There it is again. We're, we're walking. This is, this is living out the truth. And then he says in verse 18, Don't be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And dressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making, singing and making melody in my heart to the Lord with my whole heart. Well, this sounds familiar, doesn't it? Almost verbatim what we find in Colossians. Giving thanks, verse 20, always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay? Well, walk, 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 filled with the Spirit, submit to one another. What does that look like? It, it sounds still up here. And Paul says, here it is, verse 22. Wives, let me read it to you like it's in the Greek. Wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. The word submit does not appear in the text. Why? Because it's drawn from verse 21. And before I let you off the hook, it is in other places, okay? All right? But in some manner in Ephesians, 
submitting to one another is lived out as he tells us here, wives submitting to their husbands, husbands loving your wives with all of their hearts as, as the Lord does. Verse 6 or verse 1 of chapter 6, children being obedient to parents, honoring their father and mother. And then he goes into verses 5 through verse 9 into slaves and masters. Same thing we find in Colossians, isn't it? In some realm, listen, in some realm, what he's described for us, beginning in verse 22, going through chapter 6, verse 9, has to do with submitting to one another. It's different. How a wife submits to her husband, how a husband submits to his wife, how the children submit to their parents, how parents submit to their children, how slaves submit to their masters, how masters submit to their slaves, all different. Doesn't erase the structure. I've heard something, well, there's, there's this, is there mutual submission in the text? No, there's not mutual submission. What do you do with verse 21? Submitting to who in verse 21? One another. So in some manner, in some way, there is a submission issue. I'll submit to you that the greatest acts of submission in the home is not the wife to her husband. The greatest act of submission is the husband to the wife. Why? Because his example is Christ and his love for the church who gave himself up for her. Christ put mine and your needs above his own and went to Calvary and died in my and your place so that we might have life in him. And at any point he could have said, I'm done with this. This crown, not worth it. God, let's blow it all up and start all over. It's not what he did, is it? Husbands... Loving their wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Verse 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot and wrinkle or any such thing, that he might be holy without blame. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves who? Himself, yeah. So in Ephesians, this issue of submission is the theme. Submitting to one another, wives to their husbands, husbands to their wives. Turn to Titus chapter 2. I'm going to take you to all four texts that deal, might be more than this, all major four texts that deal with this issue of husband and wife, children, sometimes maybe left out, but Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. says in verse 1, Titus, Titus 2, verse 1, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Accords to be fitting, to be proper, suitable. Words used in only a couple other times. 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. Ephesians 5, verse 3. Sound, healthy, is good working. It's in working order. This teaching... He's used the same word, look over at 
chapter 1 verse 9, he, who, who, he must hold forth firm to the trustworthy word as taught that he might be able to give instructions in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. There it is again. It's used again in verse, chapter 2, verse 1. It's also used again in chapter 2, verse 7. Show yourself in respect as a model of good works and in your, here it is, teaching, sound doctrine, same word, show integrity and dignity. What, here's the question, what, what does healthy, good working, sound doctrine, applied teaching look like? Well, it looks like verse 2. Older men to be sober-minded, diligent, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and steadfastness. Older women, likewise, to be reverent in behavior, not slanderous or slaves to, to much wine. They'd be able to teach what is good. So train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their husbands. And it does appear there, ladies. The word submit does include it in that text. It is there. Okay? Submissive to their own husbands. Notice what he says, that the word of God may not be reviled. If you have King James, it may even say blasphemed is the word. Likewise, uh, urge the younger men to be self-controlled, showing respect, showing yourselves in all respect to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show dignity and sound of speech that should be condemned, so that the opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say of you. And then he goes into bond service. Or to adorn sound doctrine. Look at verse 10, not pilfering, showing all good works, so that in everything that you may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. The word adorn there, we get the English word cosmetics from it. To make attractive. My sister, bless her heart, can sing like a just a bird. But her natural features need help. My brother-in-law, they were dating and he decided he was going to get really sanctimonious and said, I really don't want you to wear makeup. Which my sister said, fine. She went to the bathroom, took all the makeup off, walked out. He goes, mm-mm, that was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, she's just, her skin's so white, it's just, it all blends together, okay? So, Dr. Bobby would say, if the barn needs painting, paint it, okay? All right? I'm not calling you a barn, but if it needs painting, you paint it, all right? Well, it's to make attractive, right? It's to put the makeup on to make attractive. It's to cover up stuff, right? In this text, where Ephesians is what submission looks like in Titus, what does sound doctrine applied look like? That's what he's answered. So what does what submitting to one another look like? What does it look like to walk after the Lord? What does it look like to adorn to this sound doctrine, to make attractive this sound doctrine. What does it look like? It looks like older men and older women and younger women and the men and the slaves and the masters. All of that's dealing with adorning sound doctrine. First Peter chapter 3, Bob read for us. First Peter chapter 3. 
Verse 13, be subject for the Lord's sake in every human institution to hupotasso, to rank under. So verse 13, be subject to government. You're to rank under. You may not like the government. You may disagree with the government. You are to still rank under the government. Okay? Verse 18, servants be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but to the unjust. If you, you say, well, I'm not a slave. Who pays your salary? You, you work for somebody, there's still an attitude of superior to inferior. There's still an issue of you've got to submit to somebody. Okay? So you're submitting. You'll be subject to those that are your masters. And I'm going to say more about who they are in just a moment. So we've got governments, we've got bond servants, if you would, and slaves. Chapter 3, verse 1, likewise. Likewise what? Be subject to your own husbands. Notice in this text what's at stake. Because we're going to ask the question of Colossians. Back, hold your place there. Let's go back to Colossians real quick. Just hold your place there because I'm coming back to it. Colossians Who is he addressing in Colossians in chapter 3? Believers. This is the Christian home. This is what the Christian home looks like. There's a question that comes up. came up in our last elders question. Does that apply, verse 18, does it apply if my husband's lost? Well, Colossians 3 actually doesn't. It's not talking about you being to a married to a lost person. However, 1 Peter is. Look at 1 Peter. Wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that, in, so that even if some do not obey the word. What does that mean? They're lost. They're lost people. You're married to a lost man. They may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. What's at stake here in this submission? The gospel. Why would he want to have anything to do with Christianity if you live like you live in that home? Why? I, and I hear this argument often from people, not just in the realm of husband wives, but why would I want to be a Christian when Christians act like that? When I hear employers say, I'd rather hire a lost man 10 to 1 to a saved person, that is not a great testimony. Right. Verse 7, 1 Peter, likewise, husbands. Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your, wow, here, prayers be not hindered. There's a consequence. Weaker, meaning 
without strength or frail vessel. It could be any vessel, clay vessel for use. Heirs, Pastor, is he talking about heirs together of, of grace? No, he doesn't say heirs together of the grace of God. He says of the grace of life. I don't think salvation is what he's talking about here. I think the blessing he's talking about is his earthly life. Listen, the best, the best relationship we can have here on earth is a husband and wife relationship. When it's right. Right? And the worst relationship you can have on earth is a husband and wife relationship. When it's hell on earth. Right? Okay? Which one you got? You're a picture of heaven. Melody goes, verse I don't like in the Bible. No, there's no marriage and giving to marriage. Lord and I have got to talk about that. Because I've, I've spent 40 years getting you trained. And if you think I'm going to share you with somebody else, we've got to talk about that. However, there may be wives going, I can't wait to get rid of this guy. <laughs> Praise God that I'm not going to be married to him because I'll be up for murder charges. Okay, right? Just okay. Grace of life. I don't think salvation is here, but it's the best relationship. Must cultivate companionship, fellowship with his wife, Christian or not Christian. I'll give you a second to get there, and then you just look intelligently at the page that you're on. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Go to Isaiah and back up two books, or go to Proverbs and hang a right. Okay? Ecclesiastes. Chapter 9, verse 9, Enjoy life with the, with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that has been given you under the sun because this is your portion of life and in your toil of which you toil under the sun. But enjoy life. It's, you're to enjoy, enjoy marriage. But I think there's a warning here, Peter. Husbands, your prayers to be not hindered. Prayers of salvation. I think, what are the prayers? The prayers of salvation. Why would she won't have anything to do with Christianity if you're the only witness she sees? It's made no difference in your life. You still cuss like a sailor. You still treat her like she's a piece of property. Why would she have any desire whatsoever to know the Christ that you know? Such prayers will be hindered if we were not respectful of her fellowship. Why would she want to be a Christian if you act like that? Why would she want to do that? Now to our text. All that was introduction. Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Said this already, we'll say it again. Verse 10, put on these new clothes. Put on the new self. Be renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Put on compassionate hearts and kindness, humility, patience, bearing with one another. Have a complaint, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Put on love. That's what binds it all together in the peace of Christ. Rules and umpires. The word of Christ dwells. It resides in you, producing, teaching and admonishing, producing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word and in deed, you're doing all to the glory of God. What will that look like? It will look like wives submitting to their own husbands. 
what it's going to look like. Be ruled by the peace of Christ, be indwelt by the word of Christ, be living for the glory of Christ. And what will that look like? This new presence, this new purpose, this new power, this new pattern being lived out in me, what will that look like, Pastor? My last trip, 2012, to Zimbabwe, I've used this example before. For those of you who haven't heard it, in 2012, Stuart had asked us to do a series on the family, much like Jonathan did, and I'm, by the way, I'm not going to repeat everything that Jonathan said. You want to listen to the series on the family? You need to download that. He did it last year, around May, June time frame. You need to download all that. I'm not going to go into all that detail. But. So in 2012, we went, and at that time we were just training the 10 pastors. Over 50 men showed up for this conference. Because Stuart was said, you know what you're going to be teaching is so contrary to culture. I want everybody to hear it. And he told me then, he said, Pastor, he said, Eric, they don't love like we love. I didn't know what he meant. That was Stuart speaking. He said, they don't live like we live. You're, you're in a culture where multiple wives are still permitted. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do when that guy and his wives come to a saving knowledge of Christ? What are you going to tell them? This is a culture where buying your wife is still current. They still do it to this day. The ugliest woman on the face of the earth is worth two cows, according to them. It was interesting, the time that we're there, the prime minister's wife had been killed by Mugabe. He was getting remarried. It was in the paper. He paid $35,000 for her. That was in the paper. And we come into that and go, Love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Do what? Love? What are you talking about? Wives submit? Oh, well, we can do that one. Husbands love? Husbands lead by serving? Your wife is not your cook and your baby maker. I said it. That's the way I said it. She is the heir together of the grace of life. She's partners in your ministry. She is a gift of God to you. You are preparing her for judgment. I remember we took a break. We're all standing around. You're in an English, English influence, so you got a break for tea, right? Still break for tea, right? So we're standing there, and Laverne makes a beeline to me after about 15 minutes and she said, what did you say in there? And I was like, I don't know, what did I say wrong? She goes, you don't see it, do you? I don't know what you're looking at. She said, look at Saidi. And he was holding his baby. He made a beeline to his wife and got the baby and held it while she served. And she said, look at the other guys looking at him. It's change. 
so that five years later, Juma did the first Christian wedding at Reflections Baptist, and over 500 people came to see what this Christian wedding was all about. And Juma got to preach Christ and Him crucified. Yes. It isn't just a man, it's, it's a new man who makes a new world. It's a new man who makes a new home. It's a new man who makes an impact on society. And nowhere should social respect of new man be more evident than in the home. A.T. Robertson said this, Real Christianity is both a doctrine and a life. Mere belief is dead without life as proof. Real spiritual life is impossible without vital contact with God and Christ and our dealings with others become the final proof of the real connection with Christ, end quote. He went on to say, Christianity says, is dead unless it's relational. It's dead unless it has an impact on people. It's the nitty-gritty. It's the place where the rubber meets the road. It's the family, the home, the basic union of society. And I wonder whether Christianity can affect society at all if it can't affect our own homes. I wonder whether Christianity is ever going to do anything in society when it when it is <clears throat> in society when it cannot do anything in the home. And when on the other hand it does something in the home, then it has an impact on society, he says. So what will this new life look like? What will this new self look like? What will this adorning this look like? Well, it's going to look like wives submitting to their husbands. As fitting in the Lord, proper, becoming, is due. It isn't that He's giving out orders for you to obey but it's a spirit of submission that your husband is your intimate, personal, and vital relationship. And so many will say, well, are you dealing with inferiority? No, it's not. Not inferior. You're heirs together of the grace of life. You're heirs together if you know the Lord. You're, you're, you're joint heirs with her. It's not inferior. It's not absolute either. You're not to obey Him where it contradicts the Scriptures. Remember Peter says, shall I obey God or man? Don't put your wife in that position. But don't put her in a legal one either. What He asks you to do is breaks the law. That neither is confining upon you. You have no right to do that. So it's not inferiority. It's not absolute. It's not overbearing manner. It's, it's in love. It's the taking the place of a loving relationship to understand that as Melody's husband, I am her protector, I am her provider, I am her partner, I am, and she is my passion. To love, to give my life for her. Ladies, would that be a problem to submit to a man who sees you as a queen? who's meeting all of your needs, protecting and providing, and you're the passion of his life. 
you have any problems submitting that? My dad used to like to listen to Jerry Clower. Remember that guy? I'm dating myself. He gave the illustration. Being in New York, going to be on one of those things, and one of the women livers were there, and he got up to open the door or something, and she said, I can open the door myself. And he said, ma'am, my mom will turn over in her grave if I don't open the door. I'm here to liberate women, all women. He said, well, let me tell you about mama. <laughs> mama gets up when she wants to. Mama eats what she wants to. There's a maid there that helps mama do everything, and she rides around in a Cadillac. Mama don't want you messing with the deal she's got. Guys, if we love like the Lord loved us, would she have any problem submitting to you? See? We want to put all submitting on her. And we create the arena in which submission happens. And it's either in a harsh, inferior, absolute, domineering, overbearing manner, and she'll bow her back. Or it's in a loving, caring, protecting, providing, loving her with all of your life. And in that, it's where submission happens. It says to the ladies there, as is fitting in the Lord. Ladies, that's your obligation. It is your necessary duty. Listen, it's how the Lord designed it. And what He commands of how the family is to operate. Somebody's got to be in charge. Somebody's got to answer. And I've heard ladies argue about that. The problem isn't, for many ladies, that there's submission going on. The problem is that they're not submitting to me. That's the problem. That's not your job. That's not your position. That's not your necessary duty. That's not how God designed you. That's not how God made you. And guys, stop putting them in that position. And of course, I've heard it. Me submit to Him? Yes. If God is sovereign and He does all things according to the counsel of His will, then guess what? Your mate was God's plan for you. Well, what if he's lost? That's First Peter. Yes. That's not Colossians. And what does First Peter say? You submit anyway. Because of your chaste conduct, he might be one. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh to them. Husbands, keep on loving your wife. It's that tense. Stop being bitter towards them. Two commands. Keep on loving your wife. July 14th this year will be 40 years for my, me and Melody. This past Valentine's Day, she was my Valentine for 40 years. I finally got her trained too. She goes both ways. I met with a 
person in the last few weeks, that they too were, have their 40th anniversary in June, but they won't make it. Made 39, just didn't make 40. Love begins the marriage. There's love before the marriage. Then marriage happens. And love drains out and bitterness comes in to fill the void. And you can replace love with bitterness. You love them before. You love them during. You're to keep on loving them. Love is not primarily emotional. It's activity. Yes. It's acting in a self-sacrificing way. Love them sacrificially. Active. Read about a pastor who's preaching similar text to this and got convicted that he quit opening the door for his wife. So he said to her after service, I tell you what, I want you to do, I want you to help me with this. He said, I want you to stay in the car until I open the door for you. She said, okay. So they drove home from church, and their kids were coming, lived about 50 miles away. They were coming over for Sunday dinner. And of course, they'd get there about 30, 45 minutes after this. So they got in the house, he got in the house, changed his clothes, swing back in his recliner, turned the ball game on. His daughter comes in and said, Why is mama still getting in the car? <laughs> Oops. It's easy to talk about, isn't it? Yeah. It's easy around Valentine's Day. Thank the Lord for clicking. I don't know how I clicked it, but I'm thankful I clicked it. Okay? I'll, I'll thank the Lord for that. But it's activity. Keep on loving them. But you don't... don't there's no buts. It's keep on loving them. And it says don't be bitter... Do not be harsh is the word you find here. It's the word bitter. Harsh of temper. Attitude of resentment that leads to misery. It's embittered. It's to exasperate. It's to render angry. It's to irritate. It's to grieve. Someone said, don't call her a honey and act like vinegar. Howard Hendricks says a lot of frustrated sergeants are running around with biblical clubs in their hands shouting, I'm the head of my house! And they're the only ones convinced of it. Mm -hmm. And the reason they are not, he says, is because there's no love. Keep on loving. It's more than sexual love. It's a deeper affection that sees your wife as your sister in the Lord that sees your wife as the weaker vessel to be cared for, that sees your wife as your best friend, that sees your wife as the most important human being in the world, sees your wife as the most critical, permanent investment of a lifelong partner. This writer says, if some men took care of their wives in the same way they took care of though and I'll leave the blank right there car golf clubs fill it in it'd be interesting 
The husband is never to be cross. He's never to be bitter. He's never to be harsh. He only honors his wife and loves his wife. It's kind of sad when love goes out of the marriage. It should always be there and should be something you have to work on and to cultivate. Listen, we're still sinners saved by grace, right? And this putting off is a constant thing. Mm -hmm. And in the husband and wife relationship, there has to be that partnership that, that she can freely come at times of non-conflict, that I can go at times of non-conflict and we can talk about you're not loving or you're not submitting. We've had thousands of those conversations. Heard one guy say, you know, the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your ass. We've only had to sit up four or five days to keep that from happening. Right? But that's what it means. It means to cultivate that. It's not to be bitter. When was the last time you prayed with your wife and didn't fall asleep when she was praying? When was the last time you took her out When's the last time you bought each other a gift when it wasn't any special occasion? When's the last time you sacrificed something you really wanted for something he or she wanted but never said so? Now you see, you got to work at it. Christianity ought to affect the home and to affect the home it's going to have to be at that level of husband's and wife to live it out in application visible truth that these new clothes look like this I close with a couple of questions are you living out this truth or are you just a hero of the word and not a doer. I've heard all this, Pastor. Probably have. Then you're more culpable. Mm -hmm. yeah. right? Are you living like this? Would your spouse want to see what Christianity is all about if you alone were the evidence of new life? Legitimate question. the peace of Christ ruling is the word of Christ dwelling living is the glory of Christ governing your life that submission and love of your spouse is being lived out to the praise and the honor and the glory of God that's why I say that if we're honest we wish this chapter stopped at verse 17 picked up at verse 2 for chapter 4 we've gone to meddling gone to touch us wherever we live. That's right. Scripture always does that. We'll get to children, fathers, slaves, masters next time. But I close with that. Where are you in this process? Just words on a page? Just another text, Pastor? Just another sermon? Is it, is it more comfortable to keep it in the clouds than... Living reality? Is it we like the abstract more than reality? Do we prefer the symbolic to the real life? 
Do we prefer the intellectual to living truth? No excuse now. Now it's just disobedience. Wives submitting themselves to their own husbands. Husbands, love your wife and don't be harsh to them. Father, we thank you for hard truth. It brings us to the point of asking the question, am I living like that? I mean, I, I love talking about compassion of heart and humility and kindness and, and all of those things, even the peace of God and the Word of Christ and living for the glory of Christ, but do we have to go further? Are we just hearers of the words and not doers? Father, I pray for the homes that are represented here. That the wives will know what it means to submit to a loving, caring husband and a husband will know what it means to love his wife in a self-sacrificing way. So that the peace of God rules the word of Christ dwells and the glory of Christ is our passion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.